Hi, my name is Tony, but folks call me the caveman. I'm a student of nature. My mission is an endless pursuit of wisdom. I seek to better understand our connection with nature through my basic tenets. Eat, sleep, think, move, create, be in nature. This podcast is an exploration into these tenets and their harmony with three fundamentals of life, our mind, our body, and our earth. My goal is to interview people that can help explain this connection and shed light on our humanity. Join me on this journey of love, laughter, and nonsense. Together we shall learn, so that we may improve ourselves and the lives of those around us. Welcome to Chatting with Caveman. Beautiful Friday morning. Yeah. We're here with Dr. Frank. Dr. Merritt. At his house in Panama City Beach. Got the pool behind us, spa behind us. Um, I first met you here. We did a mini camp after you had started Vitality Pro. Right. Which I want to get into that. Um, you are a practicing surgeon. Uh, ER doctor. ER doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who developed Vitality Pro and kind of unique workout regimen. Mm-hmm. And get into that, that involves underwater training as long as well as uh, terrestrial training. Land training, yeah. Yeah. General, uh, you know, whatever but, my nose is training. Right, <laughs> working out. But bring us up to speed on what brought you to getting into all that. A little bit about your background and then uh, we'll start talking about how you've kind of develop this outdoor focused life and the the social spiritual mental aspect you know um really start with our story about my, my buddy jason smith mm-hmm. it, it's uh you know, we have a book out called 17 hour fast and uh the book at the beginning of the introduction talks about jason he was diagnosed with cancer in 2002 he was 30 years old he was diagnosed with brain cancer one of the most lethal forms of brain cancer and and uh went from like you and I right now, we're talking about, you know, possibly getting COVID and stuff like that. You know, you don't think at 30 years old, you're going to go work out, pass out and go to the hospital. And if you do, you're going to get a negative CT scan or MRI. Right. Well, Jason got not the normal, you know, uh, MRI. He got, he got, hey, you got six months to live. And he's like, okay, I, I just got out of law school, right. just got married. My wife's pregnant with our first child, and I'm going to be dead before the child's even born. And uh, so, so Jason obviously got the best, and you'll hear us talk about balance a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about COVID, people being afraid, or people just not worrying at all. You know, we're talking about balance always in, at Vitality Pro and, and with our mindset. Well, Jason had great. He had a surgeon that was awesome. He had chemotherapy, he had radiation, he had all those things that were great as far as healthcare can give. But he understood that. You know, there had to be a, another side that he had to kind of do as well on his own, which was nutrition, right. trying to stay active and healthy as much as you can during all that. So his wife came to us, and because I was, the, you know, the friend that was the doctor, so I got that job. 
and she's you know she's coming to us with People magazine, and everything else, all the weird stuff everybody's doing around the world, and said, "What's what's some stuff we can do?" And it was really interesting because 2002, nobody in America was into fasting. Fasting didn't get cool until around 2009, 2010. Yeah. So 2002, I started looking at stuff to help Jason, you know, and, and there were certain diets that are more beneficial. We can talk about that and other things, but it looked like fasting was the key. We looked at two mice studies because mm -hmm. there are no human studies in America on fasting. And, and there were some mice studies that showed that mice that did this intermittent fasting, which it later became, uh, did a lot better with cancer. They did a lot better with cancer. They did a lot better with cancer treatment. They did a lot better in, in general. And, and even if the even if the mice stayed the same way as the other mice, even right. if the fasting mice had just as much food as the other mice, it was the intermittent fasting that was the difference. And so we put Jason on a, a we kind of did some math work and we thought somewhere yeah. around 16 to 18, 17 hours of fasting from seven o'clock at night to 12 o'clock the next morning seemed to be the best. To really let your body clean itself out at the cellular level, at, at, at you know, and even a subcellular level, yeah. uh, what they call uh, autography or you know, autophage, some people pronounce it, but autography where your body just cleans itself out before you start eating more stuff. Right. And it's really interesting because Jason lived more than six months. He lived nine years. Yeah. He was not supposed to be able to have any more children because of the, the infertility that comes with chemotherapy. He had another child. Both those are our godchildren today. Okay. Uh, he was not supposed to be able to practice law because he had three surgeries, you know, taking the tumor out. And sometimes, you know, he had to get a little good cells, so he got some brain uh, scar tissue and other yeah. stuff from that. He practiced law until a month before he passed away. Wow. So he had incredible results. He set some records, you know, as far as oncology goes, and, and people want to know the difference, but... So the thing was, right before he passed away, a month before he passed away, he asked me to do something with the information we had gathered, mm -hmm. uh, with the data we had done. And so anyway, fast forward 2014, um, I'm sitting out in, in, in Hawaii, you know, working with a lot of athletes and stuff, and I'm sitting in the back. Um, we, we would stay with Jack Johnson's family, the singer, his mom and dad and stuff. No big deal. Yeah, and so there are obviously a lot of other celebrity friends, and we work with you know a lot of athletes and celebrities, and they're just friends to us or clients. Right. And, but uh, it was actually funny. I was telling the story about Jason, and it'd actually be you know some of those headliner, hard, top list celebrities that lo looked at me and said, "Really, you know, you hadn't you hadn't done anything with with that promise yet. Nothing worse than getting shamed, you know, in front of a lot of people in the backyard." And, uh, and especially for me, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I practice Judeo-Christian uh, religion, and, and I believe in God. So, right. so I, we, you know, we generally think we should do good things, right? Yeah, and, ultimate calling. Yeah, exactly. And so it's funny because some of these guys that were out there weren't even, you know, of any type of faith or anything like that. So sure. I kind of got, got shamed into this thing, right? But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, 2015 rolls around, and I decided... And my wife, thank God, didn't put me in a mental institution. I said, let's <laughs> let's close our brand new uh, coastal house uh -huh. and let's go back out to, uh, you're going to say, well, Malibu's not a bad place, but I went I went back out to Pepperdine yep. and we lived in a dorm. So it's me, my wife, and two kids living in a dorm room to take a sabbatical for uh, you know for the summer. And we didn't even know how that looked, but I was going to fulfill the promise. Right. So step out there, board this place up, head off to California, you know, living in a dorm, 
eating out of plastic, uh, you know, bowls and plates and spoons and having some of our athletes that were in L.A. and some of our celebrity friends come over to eat with us and they're eating out of plastic bowls. Right. And you know what was really great about it was I think sometimes, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you can actually get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I think in America, you know, we got so many ways that we, we can prevent ourselves from hitting rock bottom. Sure. Whether it be, you know, family or, or you know, whatever. People, Safety nets. Of, yeah. Are the chickens going crazy over here right now? Anyway, we'll talk about the chickens in a minute. But but it was great because we kind of pushed ourselves into kind of, I don't want to say rock bottom, but we, we got really, really simple. We got really back to the basics. And you're in a dorm room, and all you can do is study. And my wife's a physical therapist. She's brilliant. I'm the dumbest person in my family. <laughs> you know, now with a 13, almost 11-year-old, you know how brilliant <laughs> they are. And so... Yeah, so we sit there and uh, it was it was honestly it was like it was like Jason was up there in heaven with God saying, "Hey, I'm just gonna bring different people in, in, into them. These guys are out here trying to fulfill this promise." So people, you know, people we knew, athletes we knew, celebrities we knew, scientists we knew would be flying into L.A. and they'd have a couple of days and they'd call and we're like, "Oh yeah, we're in L.A." and just you know, it was like these contributions from everybody. And before we knew it, we had a lot of really neat algorithms. And um, so, um, up until that point, you said you you had been working with, you know, top people. What yeah. was it that you were doing with them before, versus what was it that you were trying to apply the the information from Jason? Just for the people that have no idea what we're talking about, when you say you're, you're working with them or developing a program. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because as a, as a doctor, so my, my, my background is science, like a lot of doctors, I did right. science, but I never I never was just going to go straight into being a doctor. So I really tried to develop my undergraduate degree, whether it be botany about plants, which you see our garden out here, mm-hmm. and the things we do with our plants that are different than other people's plants. So you know, whether it be botany, genetics, uh, you know, molecular biology, whatever it is, it's learning that well. And then I did research and had publications before I went to medical school and uh, actually was going to do a MD and a PhD, a double doctorate program. I never finished my PhD, but so, um, so I was really working with people as a doctor first, whether gotcha. it be you know, pro surfers, NASCAR, whatever. But then as I started working with them as a doctor, I saw ways that we could, my wife being a physical therapist, a lot of times they not only rehab somebody for an injury, but they'll, what they call prehab, which is trying to prevent the injury by sure. doing certain modalities. So if you know a sport has a certain repetitive action that can cause, like let's say a pitcher's constantly going to be pitching, yeah. put a lot of stress on this ligament right here, the, the Tommy John, you know, um, you know, repair, then then why not go ahead and start strengthening that so you don't tear it. So in every sport, I started seeing stuff that could be done better. You know, one one simple one is a lot of surfers will go backside, you know how they grab the surfboard here and yeah. they'll stick that arm, you know, like Kelly Slater's one of the best. He can just put that arm in there and he can stall. Sometimes yeah. he even sit his butt in the wave, you know. He'll stall, get really deep in the tube, and he gets, you know, he gets a nine or ten. And that's why he's 48, still killing these 20-year-olds. But the problem there is that's a very susceptible angle for the shoulder to dislocate if he gets pulled back. And I, put, right. I popped in a ton of those shoulders on the beach for those guys. Yeah. So we did one thing that still hadn't taken off really yet, but we just had one time, we said, let's turn the arm around. And now you got a different angle here and it's less susceptible to be dislocated because you have more more muscle protecting it. So you see these type of things and it's, you know, <clears throat> a lot of it's just common sense, that, you know, with education, looking at something going, we can do this a better way. Right. So start off as a doctor, 
then kind of started going, how can we do things better? Started getting innovation, and then you know, after 2015, it was it was like it's all, it's all about prevention. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like we're talking about with 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 COVID. Is it is it better for us to treat you with five or six medicines, possibly be in the hospital, possibly put you on a vent, and then we have a heroic, you know, save, which you're going to be kind of messed up the rest of your life even after that heroic save, or is it better to wear a little simple mask, you know, just to protect the people around you? So for us, it was like an ounce of prevention really is worth a pound, maybe two or three pounds mm -hmm. of cure. And so we started working with all these athletes, kind of as a doctor, then we started getting into, hey, how can we help you train to prevent stuff? And then 2015, it got into really even high performance. How do you take these people yeah. and you make an athlete, and I hate to say like a super athlete, because people think about Rocky IV and Ivan Drago or something right. weird. You know, we're not saying that, but we're saying, you know, how, how, how do you get somebody to perform? And once again, the number one thing is keep them from getting injured. Yeah. Injury is the number one thing that's, or, or illness, is it, gonna prevent performance. And that's kind of like at the pool here, you see the lifeguard thing. Mm -hmm. One of the things I say to our crew, every time we have a camp, is nothing prevents higher performance more than death. No, I mean, you know, and, I, and I'm trying to wake my crew Sounds up. Sounds deep, but yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, straightforward. If, if an athlete's dead, they're not gonna really be a high performance next time they compete, right? Yeah, and, and yes, <laughs> you, I'm using the oxymoronic, you know, or, or a hyperbole, not, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. A, a hyperbole to, to get that point across because I'm trying to get my crew, because I tell them it's not, if somebody gets in trouble, it's when. We expect somebody to get in trouble because we're taking them to extreme training. Yeah. And so we're, we're on them, we get them up, and they, they do the next set. So the mindset is prevent injury and illness with new, and you know, in, in physical therapy, they call it modalities. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't really train people. I mean, we do, we'll have spill over here, and what we're really doing with them, like if you guys come back over sometime, we train, we're gonna test out some new modalities that, yeah. that have been engineered scientifically in the lab, starting with mathematics, with physics, with you know, biology, with behavioral sports psychologists. Mm -hmm. And then you guys that come over to the camps get to be our, our, our test pilots, you know. How, how does this work? Because even with the 17 hour fast, it was actually 16.92. Right. So, you know, I mean, so you gotta learn where <laughs> math and science, how, do, how does it apply? I could tell everybody, okay, you know, I want you to fast for, you know, 16 hours and 52 minutes. That's not as good of a book title, though, I think. Yeah, that would be the tough. The 16.92 hour yeah, fast. We probably should have come up with a better title in the first place, but anyway. <laughs> so, but, so it's, it's so we, we, we transition, and then it was really interesting because it was the actor Orlando Bloom that was training with Laird Hamilton. Yeah. Laird's a big wave surfer, and yeah. he's in Malibu, and his wife's Gabby Reese, you know, former uh, volleyball pro star. Model, right. everything. I mean, you, all the above. You, you'd almost hate these people if they, if they weren't your friends because they're just so <laughs> they're beautiful, they're talented, they're smart, they're rich. But anyway, we're we're over, we're over at uh, we're over at Laird's pool, and he and um, Orlando are doing a little workout and, and some yeah. stuff. And Orlando feels a little sick. I won't go too much into it. He's actually said this on a night show, so I, that's the only reason mm. I relay the story now. Okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't get privacy. But he said it on some night shows. So anyway. I don't think he even knows my name anymore. He just says, he said, Doc was there. And, <laughs> but anyway, and Orlando got really where he was about to pass out or maybe passed out a little bit. Nothing happened because we had him. You know, we're all watching out for each other. But we started worrying about, we started figuring out that pulmonary was the low-lying fruit. Okay. People's lung function. 
And uh, we did some, we did a study on that and found out that all these elite athletes that summer of 2015 and the next summer of 2015, it's like cardiac was here, muscle was here, you know, neuromuscular, you know, um, coordination was here. Yeah. It was like pulmonary was down here. And so being a doc, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, they, they, I guess some of them have uh, asthma. And w what is that um, judging or reading like when it's down here? Uh, oxygen yep. intake or, or? No, their oxygen intake was good, but just their ability to perform at a high level, breathing fast or how much breath they can get. And we, we, we use some pulmonary function testing like general medicine has okay. on top of it. And we, we were just like, wow, this is really interesting because when we got to the human, you know, the regular general population, there wasn't such a disparity yeah. between between the numbers. It was a little closer, even though it, the general public had, you know, pulmonary or lung was a little bit lower. With our athletes, it was like this big difference. Hmm. And then finally, we kind of sit there and after crunching the numbers, you have to interpret data, right. and that's a big problem now. I mean, even with what's going on, like I said, with COVID, everybody's trying to interpret the data. What does this mean? And um, we finally figured out it's because simple thing there was nothing wrong with our, our all of our testing of the athletes lungs was not the problem when's the last time you went to the gym and worked out your lungs right it, it you never worked out your lungs you never go on and you know, to your buddy you know it's either back and biceps or it's you know chest and triceps <laughs> and legs. yeah you know what about regular cardio Just yeah or cardio day right and, that, and that's a that's great not a long workout it's it's not and that's and that's a brilliant question what about orange theory huh orange theory no no, it's what he does. That's what I don't do orange theory. Orange theory, orange theory is, is 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 leftovers from the '80s and '90s. I don't want to be rude, but they they repackage it. It's kind of like my mom. We were poor, kind of growing up at times, and 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 you know you know when she gives you the leftovers from three nights ago, but she puts a little extra cheese on it or something like that right. to make it kind of new ketchup on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got you got That's better ketchup. Is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> orange theory is old meatloaf. It it is orange theory. Really um, is. I, I mean, it, and you know what? It's it. They, they do a great job, and for the person that's trying to get fitness there, I actually, I actually you know, applaud them because what they're doing is they're taking people that need fitness and they're giving it to them. Right. But as far as the science behind the orange theory, which a theory is just a theory, it's not actually proven. It, it's, it's really kind of like you remember, remember in the days where you, you went to the gym, you're on the treadmill, or you're on the bike, and it gives you the, your levels. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's that, except somebody's controlling those levels for you. And they keep you entertained, which honestly is one of the best things you can do for, for fitness. I always tell people, don't work out. Just go recreate. Go have fun. Yeah. I mean, like, go play. I, my yeah. son and I, you know, we're waiting for the waves to come up so we can go out and surf. And, you know, I, <clears throat> right now I probably won't be able to go out and surf really, but I can go out in the water with them. But, you know, somebody that surfs for three hours, really? Are you going to go to the gym workout for three hours? So, so, so keeping it fun is a great thing. I think Orange Theory serves a great purpose. But to your, to your question... What nobody's learned really in generalized healthcare, and and even you know in in, in, in medicine and and even in performance and fitness over here, is it's going to take it's probably going to take longer than the rest of my lifetime to move this dogma, mm -hmm. because we're find, we're finding out something that nobody else really wants to talk about except for we have had some elite organizations teams that are tapping into our research and they're seeing the advantage. Because all you're doing is you're bringing this pulmonary, this low-lying fruit that's dragging your whole system down. Plus, additionally, the science shows us, we didn't know this at first, but it acts as a governor, a restrictor plate, if you will, gotcha. like NASCAR has, you know, on, on the cardio, on the rest of the systems. And so you actually get almost a double, triple whammy. We don't really understand the third part of the mathematics, why. 
But when you bring up the pulmonary, even like 10 or 20%, it's amazing what now the cardio can do and what the performance can do because of that now, because you're taking the restrictor plate off. So, how do we do it? How, how do you do it? How do, we, how do we bring up our pulmonary? And what does that mean yeah. to the average person when they, when they say, I need to incorporate <laughs> pulmonary now into my routine or workout or yeah. no, that's, daily that's a, life? It's a great question. Um, you know, we do stuff, once again, you see the weights over there. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure he'll pan and get a view of that, but you see the platform on the bottom of the pool. With our athletes and with our clients, what we'll do is simply take the oxygen away. You know, some people have to outperform with reps or running, outperform the oxygen. Right. You know, when, you, when you're jogging at a third of your maximum speed, which is what most people jog, if you run a marathon, you're going to run it at six to eight miles per hour. But if you sprint, you know, a human can go around 20 miles an hour or more. But you can't maintain that sprint because that's anaerobic, right? Yeah. You've gone from using oxygen at a, at a sustainable way. Right to use an oxygen in an unsustainable way. Once you get to 100 meters, you're done. I'm Poop. done. You, you got to take I'm done. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> your body has to totally take time to get the lactic acid out, which right. is the anaerobic part. and get. So what a lot of people do is they try to get their aerobic to anaerobic threshold up by repetitive training. That, that's what classic you know training does, whether you're training for a marathon, or you're training for sprints, or you're training weightlifting. You take that take that bench press and you're going to do it until you feel the burn you, uh, and, right. and the muscle's failing because of the unsustainable way it's using the oxygen at that time which is anaerobic so the first time you do this you know bench press or you do some push-ups you, you you can do 10 after you know eight to you know 24 weeks of training you've doubled that triple that whatever and, and that's the great part of working out with orange theory and all this you see this huge gain yeah but then as your body starts getting toward its performance you start to level that out so the thing is what we found is once again repetitive movements repetitive things tear joints ligaments and so forth at some point so you can have your sprinter do 20 sprints mm -hmm. every day to get to that anaerobic level but he may pull a hamstring he may tear a meniscus so what we do is we put him in the water and have right. a workout and we just shut down the oxygen so now you don't have to do such a high number of reps such a high intensity of weight even though you'll see, you know, you'll see us working out with 25s on the bottom. Yeah. People, this is the funny part. People always go, "Oh, well, they weigh less in water." No, they don't. They they weigh the same in water. <laughs> because they don't Humans have water. Humans weigh less in water. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we got because we got water. We're 80 percent water, and we got some fat that floats, and then we got some bone and some other stuff that weighs. So you're only five percent of your weight in water. So like yesterday, I was swimming with a 10 pound weight back and forth. You know, I'm carrying a 200 pound person back and forth. It's one of the things we did with lifeguards, so we're working with some of the great lifeguards around the world, whether it be Hawaii or Australia. We've just incorporated having them swim carrying a five or 10 pound weight because that's what they're going to have to go out and rescue. Doesn't, you know, doesn't matter how much they swim, they can swim you know, three miles every morning, but they suddenly go out there and they got to drag, you know, in, in the Redneck Riviera, they may be dragging a three or 400 pounder out. I don't, I don't mean that to be, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, that wasn't meant to be rude, I'm just being realistic. Yeah. And, and, and these guys can't swim with a five pound weight, which is a hundred pound person. Right. So they're setting themselves up for failure. So what we do is like that, we build very sustainable, preventing injury and illness and, and increasing performance type of modalities. And then we give it to people like a strength conditioning coach at the university or a strength conditioning program at, at a professional league. 
And so what we're really into is the science and the engineering of the modality, which may look really, really fancy. Yeah. It's funny, when I, was, when I first started doing this, we, we built a lot of fancy, very complicated modalities and systems. But then you get in the pool or you get out on the football field and, and you can't do that. And so we, the, the hard part was taking the complex, because once again, we start with math and mathematical modeling and all those things, and then suddenly you got to try to whittle it down to the simplest thing that somebody can actually do. So let's talk about pulmonary again. Yeah. Simplest thing for everybody to do is what we call a nasal run, okay? Obviously, the, the, the smaller the airway, the longer the airway, the more resistance. That's an old physics law right there. I forget which, which great person in physics came up with that one. I'll get the name wrong. But anyway, and, and, and the shorter and the wider, then obviously the less resistance. And so when you look at real breathing through their mouth, that's a bigger airway than the right. nose. If you've broken your nose like six or eight times like mine, it's really got a lot of resistance to it. So my wife and I, what we've done, and you know, I had strength and conditioning coaches say, well, we love this nasal run, but we're already hamstrung with the NCAA's rules. We have limited time with our athletes. So to add in more pulmonary, yeah. is it gonna be worth the benefit of losing some of this other stuff? So what we've done now is we tried to consolidate some of this. So like the nasal run, if they're gonna, if they're gonna do a two minute or five minute or 10 minute jog at the beginning of a session or jumping jacks or calisthenics, whatever, we make them do all that nasally. And it's really funny because these athletes, like, they're like, it's no problem because they hadn't built up all the carbon dioxide from all the workout. The first minute or two, they're like, this is stupid, whatever. Right. At 10 minutes, they're going, <sighs> you know, no, oh, keep on breathing through your nose. <sighs> you know, they're, they're, they think they're suffocating. And, and there is a psychological part of that, too. Right. And so just breathing in and out of your nose, I tell people this all the time. Like we have, we have, we have people that are runners, and that's that's one for the nasal jog. So you get a marathoner that's going to go out and run eight miles on on a, a given day. Okay, run the first mile or two with a, just your nose, just your nose, and they'll tell me the next day, man, is that my diaphragm? It's sore. I'm sore all in here, and I'm like, well, you know, diaphragm is probably one of the largest, if not the largest, muscle in the body. But it's the one we never work out. And, they, it probably is getting a little sore, but also yeah. you know, the ribs and everything else working, they're retracting. So they're learning how to breathe. So getting the diaphragm in shape, getting the lungs where they can take more in and out because you know the, the body's made to be efficient. Mm -hmm. oh, and, you, know, you know those cars that turn off the, the part of the engine that isn't working when you don't need? I'm not really a fan of those because they, they always have this delay, right? But that's a great example because I almost got killed in Colorado one time because I was waiting for the thing to finally get going, you know, and a car's coming at me. And so, the human body's like that a lot. We're sitting here right now just talking. Right. Do you think we're using 100% of our lungs? I hope not. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're using 50%, 60%. And the rest of it kind of folds up in a way we call atelectasis in, in medicine. You know, you see somebody, that's why they when you take your chest x-ray, they go, take a deep breath and hold it. Yeah. Because they want to see all the lung because we're just sitting here, we don't, we don't need to use that. We're not using, you know, 20, 30% of our cardiovascular demand right now. Right. And so the body's really great at being efficient, and that's great. But, so what we've got to do is we got to use it. So you look at these athletes doing, you know, doing these incredibly high-end workouts, and they're getting their heart. I mean, you're talking about they're getting in, you know, the, the top tenth of 1% mm -hmm. nowadays. You know, and, and this is all big money. I mean, when, when Alabama or Clemson or LSU wins the national championship, that's a net of over $100 million to those schools. 
And they've also done the you know economy of what it does just to the state. Right. The state does better. Everybody, I guess everybody wants to spend more money when they win a national championship. You know, the New England Patriots win up there. That's all. That's millions, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. So everybody's looking for that little. That if, you get a, if you get a one percent edge, that, that that's going to put you over the top because there's such parity because the rules. You should it. structure your payment based on if they win. Just give me one percent of the yeah. winnings. We actually did that with a with a with a boxer recently. Yeah. We developed a program for a boxer, and we 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 did that. But we're really at the level right now where we're trying to keep our motives pure. Mm -hmm. um, we've had some really good offers financially that we've turned down, and honestly, from a financial point of view, it probably was a mistake. But the, but the problem is when, when when you do that you're gonna you're you're gonna lose something. Sure. And, Everything's and, a trade off. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a trade off. And for a company that's five years old, and we're really into building the algorithms right now and, and testing a lot of stuff, and we're for the greater good. Because okay, <clears throat> we somebody takes part of our breathing program, turns it to a national or a world championship. That's great. Don't get me wrong. I love sports. I love watching sports. But. Our goal is to then, then that be the litmus test that it goes into a harder dog but a break, which is medicine, which is what I do. Right. And so then it goes to the COPD patient or it goes to the asthma patient. That's the greater good. Mm -hmm. So when we sell something to an organization, they're, they're obviously buying restriction of us using it anywhere else for a number of years too. That's how they get their advantage. So we're just trying to be careful and we're trying to be, you know, look at the bioethics, look at the morality and look at the greater good of what we're trying to do. At some point, getting it to an organization is gonna help it get out more. Right. So, you know, if it, if there's a two or three year restriction, great. Because that, that's gonna be worth it after those three years getting it out to a broader subject matter. But, you know, we're worried about, once again, looking at the science of it, looking at the engineering of these things. And for a company, we're very, very young. We're too young to, to sell our rights away yeah. and, and have those be used however. so. But the lungs, you know, just go out tomorrow. You guys go out tomorrow and go for a five-minute run. A 10-minute run's better. <clears throat> and breathe through your nose only. Slow down as much as you want to slow down, but try to continue the nose. And I guarantee you'll call and go, Oh my gosh! I've I've done nose only things, knowing that it's it's gonna be difficult. Yeah, I've even great. just uh, tape my mouth when I go to bed to do nose only breathing. While, you tape your mouth while sleeping. Yeah. Wow, that's extreme. <laughs> that's extreme. <laughs> See, if we did that at Vitality Pro, we would okay. be arrested. All right. If you eat, you know, a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, and and I'm not trying. I, I you know. Having a Krispy Kreme donut once a month is probably not going to do anything bad for you. Yeah. And, it, and it makes you very, very happy. It makes my mouth happy. <laughs> okay. But, but if you eat 12 of them, then you're going to try to do your 17-hour fast or your 16-hour fast or whatever your fast is. You're setting yourself up for misery and extreme yeah. failure. Likewise, if you come out of a, a, a great 17-hour fast and you go get Krispy Kreme donuts or, or whatever, and I'm not picking on Krispy Kreme. It can be Dunkin'. It can be whatever. But right. You just had your body ready to really take advantage. It's It literally is starving to a point, not starving, but it's ready to take whatever you get and maximize yeah. it. And now you just put in some things that are not as good. So what's your favorite pre and, and post <clears throat> meal for average Joe? Yeah, you know, so we go into the macronutrients because I know you know you, get, you can get way too nerdy and uh, yeah. my wife tells me I, I'm that way all the time. 
But we talk about the blend of should it be you know forty percent carbs? Should it be the average American is eating a seventy to eighty percent carb diet? Yeah. And and most of those are not good long standing carbs. Like you know we talk about carbs like sweet potatoes, yams. Right. Um, you know the the taro root over in the Pacific. Some of the you know people over there eat that. Mm-hmm. Those carbs are long acting carbs. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 give you long energy. So you know a carb's not a carb's not a carb. Now right. versus I go over here and I eat you know. A, a donut <laughs> spike blood sugar goes real high guess what insulin insulin like growth factor they all chase up cortisol right. you know and then it crashes and then you want to eat again so so you can we talk about the percentages I don't want to give all the information about the books because it'd be nice if somebody would want to buy them <laughs> so but but we give the macronutrients and we talk about what type yeah and then we're talking about good fats like you know avocado and all those things have really Good fat, and for people that may not know, yes, there are good fats, and and now the cardiologist, American Heart Association, is on board with all that stuff. But you don't want bad fats. Right. <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit about the beef that you guys are raised and stuff like that, because people want to just you know, in America, it's extremes. This is all bad. This is all good, and nobody wants to do really any thinking. You don't have to do much thinking to go on the internet and look at this, but you know. So we go into it with a with a certain different percentages, and mm-hmm. all of us high quality food. Yeah. Okay, that's that's another point. Of high quality food, and we set it up in a way where where, where the seventeen hour fast. If you do it the pre meal the right way, you're not going to get really hungry. I mean, you're, yeah. gonna be, you're you're finishing at seven. Right. Okay? okay. Big deal. You go a couple hours. You enjoy. You go to bed. Yeah. You're sleeping through, which would be the most the hardest part. And then the reason we put it in the morning. Yeah. People say, well, why didn't you put it at night? Whatever, can I do? I'm, I'm a shift worker, can I do it at night? Yeah, you can. We talk about that in the book. But with the hormones and the cortisol going up you know, in the early morning, and the way your diurnal hormone level, it had more advantages mm-hmm. to be done in the morning. And so you, you really get up and <clears throat> hopefully you exercise. We talk about exercise and the benefit and some of the breathing stuff we do Right. in the book. You get up, we call it a spa morning. And I know everybody can't do a, go to a spa, but we talk about the mindset of making it a happy experience instead of this, oh, it's horrible. Right. You know, in a week, you probably may not be able to do a 17-hour fast. But, you know, good, you did 12 hours. Okay, you went to 75 more. Congratulations. The next week. Another thing we did with 17-hour fast is we didn't make it a, a mantra of our fitness, of our health. Yeah. We didn't make it something you got to do every day. Actually, the funny thing is we said do it once or twice a week only. Yeah as a piece because we know the things that people do once a week, whether going to Weight Watchers, going to Alcoholics Anonymous, going to a church or mosque. Guess why those things work? Psychologists told me, taught me, that things that go once a week, the effects of it bleed over into the rest of the week, so they carry over. Yeah. Like the good nutrition, other things. So like that, they carry over, just, you know, and by doing it once a week, it's something that people will probably, we talk about sustainability at, yep. at, at, at our company a lot. There are lots of endeavors, health endeavors, like lose 30 pounds in 30 days. I'm not saying those are bad. But what I'm saying is that there isn't an off-ramp for that, that people are not going to do it. And what we've seen in our scientific research has been at two-year mark, we use a two-year mark, those people are not doing that activity anymore because they got injured or ill or they didn't like it. They, they, and a lot of them have not only backslid and you know backslidden or whatever the English is. <laughs> not, I'm a doctor, not an English major. They, they go back and, and they've gained the 30 pounds again, or worse, they've gained yeah. 40. 
Yeah. So sustainability is important for us. So can our people with a 17-hour fast, can they do that once a week? And it's something they look forward to. It kind of, they're like, hey, I'm cleaning myself out. This is great because you hear about cleanses a lot nowadays. 17-hour fast really is about a cleanse, not only for your body, but also for your mind, then, you know, then psychology, socially, and spiritually. And we talk about that in the book, is how do you give yourself 17 hours where you're going to actually withdraw yourself? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and a lot of people think of that as negative, but what we're finding out is we're having two types of people. We're having two types of people right now. The people that are, do, are there fasting for 17 hours and the people that are doing the 17-hour fast. We couldn't write 202 pages if we were just saying, hey, just fast 17 hours from 7 till 12. Okay? Right. The people that are fasting for 17 hours thinking they're doing a 17-hour fast and saying, I can't do it, I'm not successful, I'm not losing the weight or whatever their goal was, mm -hmm. we're saying, are you doing the 17-hour fast? And what we find out is, no, they, 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 they got the book and they didn't read it or they, they didn't want to buy the book. You know, and, and I wish I give money back guarantee, but we're not making anything off this anything. Anyway, but the bottom line is, get the book, do the 17-hour fast, put the whole mind, body, soul part into mm -hmm. it, like you talk about what you're thinking, and then see what happens. And then we couple it with other things, synergistically couple it with a great workout routine with your girlfriend, with your wife, with whoever, your, your fitness buddy, it's good. That's going to help you socially, psychologically. Even if you have to run six feet away from each other during COVID, it, you know, th those are going to have other benefits. What we'll call the multiplying effect, you know, and and then you put it together with some great food. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this with you on the phone the other day. Yeah. You don't need to eat a 16 ounce poor quality steak. Right. After a 17 hour fast, you're only going to need like a, a four to six ounce high quality mm -hmm. piece of meat, the grass fed, you know, all they talk about, you know, trying to keep the antibiotics away, trying to right. keep the, the growth hormone, the testosterone, which makes that steak so tough in the first place. You know, those are things, when somebody primes the pump with mm -hmm. a 17 hour fast or another fast that they think should work well for them, and then they come off and they, they now are eating this, this high quality food, sequenced the way we talk about in, in the 17 hour fast, it's amazing. We had a former uh, lineman that played college and NFL that he said, once I started doing the 17-hour fast and then coming over and doing the workouts, I didn't want to eat like meat initially. He said, I wanted, I started like, asking my wife, can we get some kale and can we get some spinach and cut up some peppers in it? And so his body, once his body got stripped down back to the baseline, yeah. it was probably telling him about some of the things that he was missing whether those be macro or micronutrients, minerals or vitamins. Right. And so he wanted that. And then what he found out was an hour or two later, then he wanted the, the steak mm -hmm. or the big, you know, the, the guy was big, he could eat like a whole chicken. Right. And, and it was funny, so it's it interesting how that, that now he was able to listen to his body. And we don't want to make ourselves robotic by telling people, you know, I tell people all the time, somebody tells me, hey, 16 hours does better. Some days I want to do like a 19 hour fast. Mm -hmm. Listen to your body. Sure. Listen. We you know we, we had to use to construct this off of a bell curve, sixteen point nine two. Right. But everybody, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made. You're taller and th thinner than I am, and he's got more facial hair, so he's got more testosterone. But he's going to be bald soon, so don't worry about it. If, if the pattern continues, no, we're all different. 
and, and that's the reason we like doing different things at our Vitality Pro Camps to see that everybody's champion. Everybody also has somewhere to grow, whether they are really a champion or not. Right. And the same thing with the fasting, the food. Let your body, let your body find itself, and use this as a framework to build your own fitness. And that's the reason we don't, we don't, you know, go ahead and endorse it. Uh, you know, go to yoga every day, or go to Orange Theory every day, or, or go do this weightlifting. There are some people that are still using the 1960s, which is when weightlifting was introduced into yeah. athletics. You know, before that it was just for circus guys that had these weird lumps in their arms and stuff, right? So, so you look at the history of it, you know, uh, Nebraska was probably one of the first universities to bring weights into and say, can this help our performance? Yeah. Something we know nowadays, everybody knows. Right. And so there are some people that still use the 1960s. There are some people like Herschel Walker that still, you know, will go and do a lot of more weight-based calisthenic type stuff. And that is, that is great. And as, as we change and as we age and as we get into different routines, what we're going to do, what we do will change. I'm getting more into yoga and more into flexibility as I get mm -hmm. to 50 and want to still do stuff with my kids. Right. You know, and what I eat is changing. Yeah. You're liking more bone broth these days. Yeah. So the bone broth is, is huge. Um, we're talking we're talking about COVID a lot these days because it's on everybody's mind. There's two ends where, you know, some people are freaking out and they're living in their bubble in their house and, you know, washing their hands even when they touch themselves. And that's crazy. There's other part where people are like, oh, I'm not worried about it at all. And that, that seems nuts to me too with, with, you know, we're looking at 160,000 deaths in America. You know, what are the things you can do to, to increase your overall health and then your fitness and then your performance if that's where you are? And, you know, for COVID, it's socially distanced. You and I are staying like, you know, five feet away right here. We, the wind's blowing away from us. So we're kind of sidewind of each other. Those are smart. I got a mask when I mentioned earlier. You know, what are some other things people can do just to increase their health right now? Can can the food you eat mm -hmm. be used as medicine? There's a popular book or two out there about, you know, using food as medicine. Now. Right. And that's not a brand new idea. It's actually an old idea that got lost. Very we old, talk about yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it, you know, back 100 years ago, everybody knew how to use food and plants. And, you know, we talk about my kid uses the sage plant to whiten teeth like the Indians did really? years ago. And uh, so there's, there's, it's not a new idea, it's an old idea that when we got so much into the molecular, so much into the genetics, so much into being able to form chemicals and stuff like that, we, we should have put that on top of this right. instead of replacing it. it. And that, that's kind of one of the things that we worry about. So the, the bone broths we found out, I went through some medical problems of my own, lost a lot of weight, and we had to go back and my wife was putting bone broth. And, there, you know, and once again, there's some lower quality bone broth, there's some higher quality bone broth. You need to look at what your bone broth, is this coming from a cow that's gotten, you know, or a chicken that's gotten, you know, antibiotics, steroids, growth hormone, all right. that kind of stuff. Um, did, did the chicken have cancer? Did anybody check, you know? I mean, this, these are important things. Uh, last thing I wanna do is put that kind of stuff in my body. Right. So so whether it's, it's you know, our chickens are over here and the, this is all organic in here and everything we give them is organic. You know, we don't use pesticides, herbicides in this area. Same thing with, with cow. So we, you know, it's funny because my dad, you know, being a preacher taught me the Bible. And in Genesis, whether you look at this metaphorically or you think that's exactly how he did it, you know, the, the idea 
is a very basic one so that everybody can understand it's that we came from the dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, how he formed man from the dirt and he breathed into his nostrils. We talk about nasal breathing. That's actually a verse that's funny. The that's, ultimate nasal breathing. Yeah, I mean, God breathed into his nostrils. I would have breathed in his mouth like we do CPR, but that, that's fascinating. But the basic understanding is that we are connected to this earth. Okay? 100%. That, 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 that's, that's, that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. And that we're, we, that we were created in a very systematic, very well thought out and loving way right. by something, you know, the, the forefathers in our, in our, you know, literature, whether the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, talk about the Creator. Mm-hmm. So something up there loved us enough to really take time to create us and to create everything around us. So, if, 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 so my point is, if you're going to eat dirt, which we are, when I eat this bell pepper, that's sitting over here, or I have this okra that's sitting behind us right there. Yeah. That is that is dirt. You know, so you look at you look at the carbon cycle. I'll make it real simple. We mm-hmm. won't include nitrogen and stuff, but it's it's really fascinating. I'm breathing out carbon dioxide. It gets water. And it puts those two together, and it puts that it puts the water with the carbon molecules, and it makes hydrogenated carbon, or what they call carbohydrates. But it's right. really hydrogenated carbon. Water, CO2, and there's more to the equation. And sun, for that's how it does it, photosynthesis. Yep. We get rid of the sun, we're all going to die. Plants, you know, then mm-hmm. us, and I, I, I got some big old rice bags, so I'll last a week or two. But anyway, <laughs> you know, so, so, so then we eat the carbohydrates, and we break it back down into water. Right. Into carbon dioxide. We're and just so, like so, plants. Yeah. So they give us the oxygen and, and the carbohydrates, or hydrogenated carbons, and we give it back yeah. in the sun. Has the you know it has the, the 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 heat so to speak and everything and it all works through the little stoma guard cells and it's all fascinating. Thing. So my question is to people: Do you want to put in good dirt or do you want to put in bad dirt? It's the reason I do not want to put a herbicide or a pesticide next to my chickens or anywhere where they could because if a if a grasshopper over here gets that you know pesticide and isn't dead until it gets next to the chickens and gets eaten by the chickens. Guess who's getting the pesticide? It's yeah. me because I'm going to get the egg next morning. So it's really important that we take care of our earth. Tom, we're, talking, we're talking about we're talking about coming from dirt. Yeah. You know, we're talking about us, our connection to the dirt, to the earth, and whether people really want realize or not, this earth is still living, breathing. Mm-hmm. It's trying to repair the the, the um, enormous amount of damage we're doing to it with pollution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can't keep up, by the way, guys. I mean, it's, it, we got we got to straighten out our, our our problems here. I do think it'll outlast us, though. I think it will, but is it going to outlast us in a healthy or in a sick form? And that's 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 the question. Right. You know, with all the plastic <clears throat> in the ocean now, in microscopic levels where it's been chewed up by lots and lots of different types of fish and digested. Yeah, it's in the water. It's yeah. getting in our drinking water. Plastic is from petroleum. Um, we're going to see cancer rates go up. So, so is as the Earth gets sicker, and this is where your company, what you do, our connection to it. If there's an equal sign there on that equation, right? Then we're going to get sicker too. And, and you know, and we're seeing cancer rates go up. We're seeing heart disease rates go up. We're seeing things like that go up. And so, you know. And, and the, old, the old thought was, well, you can work out all your illnesses. Yeah. You can't work out cancer away. You can't work out to a certain extent heart disease, stroke. I mean, I'm, working out is good. But if you want to get to a low-lying fruit part, it's going to come down to nutrition and what we're eating. 
Are you putting in good dirt to, to cycle through your body? Mm-hmm. Are you putting in bad dirt? And by that we're talking about foods, whether it be vegetables or be the things that eat vegetables like cows and chickens and other things like that that we're eating. And so the question is, how, how, how are we going to fix this? And, and the bottom line is, at an individual level, you can be highly selective about right. what type of food you're putting in. And yes, it does cost more because it, it takes more effort to have that nowadays. Right. And, and you know, simply, you know this, you can give, uh, my, my granddad raised, you know, cows. Mm-hmm. You, you're taking it to market, you're getting paid pay per pound. Yeah. So you give that, you give that, that little testosterone, give it a little growth a hormone, little give it antibiotics so it doesn't get sick, you know, and lose right. weight. And you're going to get paid more. Mm-hmm. So naturally, if if you're going to go to the to the person that's going to be raising those grass-fed cows and not doing those things, then then they're getting paid less. So you're going to pay more per pound. That's the reason I say in the 17-hour fast book and to people all the time is should they get a 16-ounce steak, which you, you your body can't can't even use all that protein anyway. Right. It just it's, it's physically impossible. Um, get get you a six ounce. Yeah. And and it's going to cost the same. And get it from from a supplier that you know locally, like like your type of situation, which I'm sure you've got tons of clients that you're just fine. Always looking for more. <laughs> you know the bone broth. You know, you know yeah. you're talking about getting stuff out of the bone, bone marrow. You're talking, you know, yeah. We're talking about the basics. I won't get into the nerdy chemistry and all that stuff of it. But but the bottom line is, you're extracting stuff from from as deep in the core as you can of of, of an animal. Do you want that animal to be given all these, all these chemicals? Or do you want the animal not to be inspected high, make sure it doesn't have any type of cancer or whatever like that? So, right. You know, people used to used to make bone broth all the time at home. People used to eat yeah. glandular meats like livers and, yeah. and stuff. Like I'm that. trying to bring that one back too. Yeah. But if you're going to do that, since the liver is a place where you detoxify, right. You don't want to be eating the, the chicken or the beef liver from something that got. You know, testosterone and right. growth hormone, and you know, wasn't inspected well to make sure they didn't have cancer. Because where does cancer metastasize to? One of the chief places for almost every type of cancer is to the liver. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to be eating that liver. Cancer liver? Yeah, I don't really want to. Even though it's cooked and all that kind, you know, hopefully. But yeah. so, so the bottom line is just, the bottom line is just being highly selective. So when you look at what we've done with with this this area, yeah, right tell here, us a little bit about the, the plot back here. It's to wake people up because they're coming here for uh, what we call an immersion uh, type of weekend or, or, or event to kind mm-hmm. of make their mind think. And we don't want, you know, if you got a trainer or you got a dietitian, they're kind of with you partnering up. Vitality Pro does not want to be that person, okay? We, we think people are smart and they can figure it out themselves. They may need to read a book. They may need to go on the Internet yeah. with, a, with a good source. But we want people to do their own investigation, become their own life coach, their own trainer, their own cook, mm-hmm. you know, your own food supplier, right. learn, learn where to right. shop on the outside of the, you know, groceries, not the inside. We overheating again? No, we're good. Okay. It's like, is it one of those old timey cameras? He's underneath the, the cape. <laughs> so you got to pose for 10 seconds. So anyway, the, the, the great thing is, is this is a wake up. So we get finished doing a workout they've never done before, thinking about their body in a way they never thought about before. We're out here in the sun. I, I, I'm, I'm an anti-gym as far as I like to do everything outside. Absolutely. But but I, but I got great friends at different gyms here that do a great job of people that want to be inside. So there's a thing for everybody. But out here, the great thing is you got this grass, you got fig trees right there, we got three pear trees, you got you got a, a, a uh, three citrus trees here, different types of citrus. 
you see all the peppers growing during the winter we'll have all the different type of lettuces growing kale spinach etc got bell peppers over here we got different type of peppers we got sweet potatoes growing right now you see the vines going up, mm -hmm. up the way and even with the roses that, that that we give to our chickens here we got the chickens of course we got one duck she thinks she's a chicken because you know she's never seen herself in a mirror right <laughs> she she lays an egg too so that the the egg for the chicken is it's got a lot of good natural fat my wife actually uses it more for baking and cooking yeah because it, it just provides like what the old butter used to right yeah and so um yeah, so everything we do here is just kind of wake up people. So when we come here for a camp, it, we we finish up and we have Finns, which is a local mm -hmm. uh, a local food place over there. They they are like us. They believe in everything natural. They go the extra effort to even their plastics plant based, so it goes back to the earth. So they spend an extra time, attention, and money to do things right. They come here and they provide us, and we go through very systematically like we do. They give us you know a, a cup of coffee. Really great coffee from Amavita. I don't know if anybody around this area knows about Amavita coffee. Oh yeah, they're they're big over yeah. where we're at. Yeah, they're, they're huge, and, and we know we know the guy that owns that. Just a great job. He has our books in his book, you know, in his Dan. coffee shop. Dan. Yeah. yeah, great guy. Does a great job. <clears throat> we have coffee if you want it. After that, we go to um, they'll, they'll give you a little uh, acai berry bowl. Mm -hmm. So we're going with plant based type of things that are very easily digestible. We, right. We've just gone from a really intense three-hour workout. We, we down-regulated it as far as sympathetic. We, we turned on the parasympathetic through some breathing and some stretching at the end. And now we kind of transitioned to now the body's wanting to eat. Mm -hmm. We've done a 17-hour fast. We've done a three-hour workout. We've done everything, moved it now to where it wants to eat. So we've gotten everything just super potentiated, primed the pump ready. So the last thing we want to do is mess that up. So once again, a little bit of coffee if you want some water. And I forgot the kombucha, which mm -hmm. you know kombucha is a nice, it's a neat thing because it's a prebiotic and it's a and it's a probiotic both. So it kind of has both properties. So it kind of washes out, kind of cleans the gut, getting it ready. So you fasted, you've gotten everything out of there. Right. Now you're gonna get that out. And then we start with some plant-based uh, berry bowls, which is great. And then they'll boil some of our eggs or some of their own eggs, which are all uh, yeah. organic. We have that and then, and then they, they usually bring it like a little dark chocolate and some other neat little things to just yeah. have everybody sample. And we just chill out and have a really nice time chatting. You see everybody getting in little groups and talk. And, yeah. you know, before we eat, we have a, a prayer just thanking God, our Creator, for everything. And, the, and what's so important is as we get feedback from our camps and hear things, mm -hmm. and we like the good and the bad, we learn how to improve it. That really is like, a, a, seems to be. The epicenter where people are digesting what they just did they're sure. talking like why did we just do all this going down the bottom pool he said my million dive reflex and making your heart yeah. slow naturally you know and and so they're digesting all that while they're digesting the food uh -huh. and and they see all this and they go pick up pick off a couple of figs and wash it off real quick water and eat it right off the tree it's amazing how many people have never picked something off of a tree and I take it. that for granted. I suppose I do. Yeah. You get to do it every day. The vast majority that have grown up in concrete jungles wouldn't yeah. even. We might as well be on Mars, you yeah. know, when you describe that. When I mean, they'll go over there and pick that. They're like, "How do we pick the fig off?" You know, <laughs> like just just twist it. And they're like, "Oh, what's this white stick?" So yeah, that's fine. You wash off. You know, like I, I can eat this. You know, and you're talking about somebody that's got a PhD, or you're talking about somebody that's a CEO of a Fortune 500, you know, company. Yeah. And they're looking at you going. 
So I can literally put this in my mouth and eat this? Well, if it doesn't come wrapped in cellophane, people don't recognize food yeah, anymore. It's not, it's not food. And and it's just this aha moment. And then that and that's where we talk about your company, we talk about Fins, we talk about Dan over at Alavita. We're talking about these little pockets of people trying, I'm not saying we got everything right, we're perfect and we're holier than now, but we're trying to readjust. And is, is what we're doing bulletproof? Am I never gonna get cancer? Am I never gonna, no. But, but we are moving the needle. We know that scientifically. If you look at the gross majority of us, we're all just trying to kind of do the same thing by taking care of our body, being responsible with it. We're talking about taking care of the earth, being responsible with it at the level we can be responsible. Right. So, so, so you don't have a, a plastic recycling in place, okay? Use your plastic bottle six or seven times. Wash it out, use it six or seven times. Yeah. You, you, just saved, you just saved six more plastic bottles. So, you know, reuse, recycle, renew, you know, whatever level that is for people to, to be responsible. My friend said I, say, said I sound halfway like a Republican and halfway like a Democrat. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just trying to be the most responsible of both, you know, that you, can, that you can make a profit, do responsible things with the money, that you can sure. do responsible things with the way you're trying to make your money, whether that be through the food, through yeah. the fitness or whatever, and that there's value in what we're all talking about here. And then, and then through doing those things, living a responsible life with ourselves, with those we love, with those we don't even know that we should love out in the universe. The reason I wear a mask with COVID to protect others, not to protect myself, to love others. And treating the earth through that, we worship and celebrate our creator and, and tell him that we appreciate we appreciate what he's done for us. Because we're only on this earth. You just said the earth's going to outlast all of us. And, and, and it will, hopefully in a healthier form if we'll start doing it, treating it better. Yeah. But the thing is, is we're only here for a short time compared to, to, to the, you know, the whole, however time it's been there. Right. And, and we're here to, to, to tell God that we appreciate through, through our words and more importantly our actions, that we love and appreciate this life. And, 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 and to spread a little bit of that joy and love with others and that's, and that's really the, the greatest joy we have is, you know, I was in a hospital for an extended time having mm-hmm. some surgeries this winter. Mm-hmm. The thing I, I regretted the most was a couple of relationships that, that had failed. And every relationship that fails, and, and failure success is a spectrum, so there, there's a spectrum. Everything, there, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the ones that were on the end of failure, when I sat there and I was thinking, is this going to be it? Is, is, is 49 years all I'm going to have? What I really thought about wasn't Vitality Pro, it wasn't, it wasn't money, it wasn't a medical degree. It was, God, please give me some time to go back and, and, and fix these relationships to the point I can. You know, is it 50-50, was it 90-10 their fault, was it 90-10 my fault? I, I got enough relationships, I could, but, but it was really nice because it was, it was a time and it has been since to go back and, and try to fix relationships and just double down on what we're doing individually, corporately as a family, corporately as Vitality Pro, and then working with other people like you guys. You talked about how it's hard to get people to do podcasts, especially during COVID. And this is time well spent to me. If we can move the needle for one person, if one person uh, starts doing some intermittent fasting, eating good stuff, and they don't get breast cancer or brain mm-hmm. cancer. And we'll never hear about that because they would never know they're going to get that. But the right. pain and sorrow that that causes, not only for that one person, but then for the next generation and generations to come, it's a multiplier effect. So when we can move the needle for one person, 
you know, and people say, well, you know, how many people have you worked with? Tell me about the celebrities. Tell me to drop the names. I don't want to drop the names because it's just as important for us to help. You know, we, we, we donated thousands of dollars. We started a, a clinic uh, for the homeless shelter here in this town mm-hmm. that, you know, has not been built back since the hurricane, but right. hopefully will. That, that homeless person is just as important, and I honestly get just as much satisfaction, if not more, than from the athlete that won his seventh world championship. You know, because who needs it more? Who yeah. needs their, who needs a little bit of help and a little bit of hope and a little bit of faith that they can move the needle a little bit? And it's it's this guy over here. So, you know, to, to get back and to have a successful surgery, you know, am I going to be, you and I talked about this, am I going to be the person I was? Mm-hmm. Am I going to physically? No, I'm not. I can't. But who, who does God want me to be and how can we move the needles and how can I use this maybe to stop some more individual pursuits? And I'm not saying God wished me to have this disease, but He does want us to make the best of it. How right. do we take what we've got, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, mm-hmm. and we make it into a way that we can help right. our fellow person? Service to others. That, that, that's really the thing. So, And I know that's what you're about with, with the bone broth. I mean, in the end, we all got to be able to feed our families and, and pay right. the rent. But above that, are, are we helping other people? And, and and I just wish some of this could get to people that are making a huge profit doing the wrong thing, whether they're using cheap coffee at the place, whether they're giving steroids to all their cattle. Cutting corners. It'll, yep. it'll, it'll catch up catch up with you. I, I, I think it'd be nice if those people moved the needle and said, you know what, I've been really blessed, and I can cut my profit margin a little bit, and, and that way I can help somebody not get breast cancer, brain cancer right. in the future. It's a different kind of profit than that you're yielding. It's huge. So I got a two-part question. One is, at this point, do you feel like you have honored Jason in the way that you felt shamed of in Jack Johnson's backyard (laughs) five, five, six years ago? And and related to that, um, you seem like you've accomplished quite a bit between who you work with, who you've affected, the book you wrote. What's what's your biggest goal yet that you're, you're working towards? Perhaps professionally and personally, they could be separate or intertwined yeah that's a lot of questions um yes. my wife will always tell you that 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 um i'm probably the most insecure person as far as you know i i, I sit here and talk and you think that i'm very well accomplished and i got some letters after my name but right but i think when you grow up hungry mm-hmm. and and i think brandon talked to you the day that you're out here about staying hungry mm-hmm. hunger not just physically but metaphorically yeah. That staying hungry is the most important thing. You see champions, they get satisfied. You see rich people get satisfied. <clears throat> Whatever. We want to stay hungry. So, so yes, I, I think I think we've moved the needle. I can't get back to everybody that that writes in for 17-hour fast around the world, um, and, and 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 that. But I do, I do try to get back in touch with every cancer patient. Yeah. Because that that was what Jason I think wanted us to do, and and and. I can give you the names, but you know HIPAA and stuff. And we've we, sure. we're still friends with some. Some have gone into remission. Some have gone on to the on to the other life. And but I cherished every relationship with each one of those people. And we have gone in and become friends and partnered with it. And it's really amazing how it come, came full cycle. So I'm at Emory University awaiting a surgery. By mm-hmm. the, 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 not a lot of surgeons can do because I had such a rare condition. And I'm, you know, I'm hoping and praying. And what was really nice was to have those people, like your family and friends, that would support yeah. you. 
But then to hear back from so many of the cancer patients that we were there for saying, hey, we're praying for you. Hey, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going to fast tonight in your name to honor, you know, because we know surgery's tomorrow. And Big deal. it's a huge deal because in the end, I wasn't a doctor at that point. I was the guy with the, you know, with the little gown that you see your butt through, you know. I was the patient with the IV, and I was the guy that could hardly walk around. I lost 30-something pounds. I had nutritional deficiencies. I needed something to hold on when I was walking around the hall. And uh, and when you're stripped down and hitting rock bottom, yeah. it's once again, it's those relationships. And so to have all these cancer patients, you know, to, to, to call and say, we're there for you. What do you need? You know, you name it, we're there. To have a friend drive all the way from Tennessee and just be there, you know, all those relationships it was huge. In that regard, mm-hmm. I'm so happy that Jason made me make this promise. I'm so glad that Ed and some of the other guys shamed me into this thing. I won't drop the full names, you know, but they shamed me into this thing. Like, what are you doing? And that way, we we have we have started to fulfill the promise, and I'm proud of that. Good. Um, now, at the same point, we got a lot more to do. I don't think that I was able to have that surgery and be alive today and, and do that uh, and, and without having more to do. Now, but it yeah. all starts at home. You know, you always got to take care of your home first. It's got to be your wife and your kids or you got to take care of your parents. Whatever. So we got to take care of those people first and foremost. You know, otherwise, we won't be sustainable. We'll, we'll end up in a failed relationship and we won't be able to do right. So, But the good news is my wife's on board. She's the brilliance of Vitality Pro. we got other people. And how can we get this out? some of the stuff we're doing and, and, and move the needle. Can more people read the book? Can we put out a second book if mm-hmm. that's what we're supposed to do? That, there's so much more. So I'm kind of like 10% satisfied, right. you know, and 90% You're not satisfied. You're happy but hungry. Yeah. And, and you know, my mom, I was, I was born premature. She said, you just always been, always wanting to get at it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I take solace in the fact that a lot of people that are, are accomplish great things, are like that, and I and I want to talk about some people that are a lot greater. I I don't equate with people. I'm down here doing this, and these, but you talk about Nick Saban at Alabama, you know, he he, he gets finished winning the national championship, and and he gets on the plane and he's reviewing the film already. Right. And he's looking at what they didn't do right. He's upset, and and I think that I think in a way he may be to the extreme of that. Sure. But I think a lot of us in America could learn something because. It's great to celebrate and get a trophy or get a award or in your mind have a trophy and award. But, you know, being somebody that my dad maybe learned scripture growing up, he was a preacher. Right. The Apostle Paul said, forget what's in the past and, and yearn on to what's ahead. And I think that's that 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 for us is is, is the metaphor that we, we always want to go forward. I, I always say for for our company and people we work with, mm-hmm. there's three scriptures and whether you believe in God and, and Jesus or you don't, there's so much good wealth of information there. Number one, John 10, 10, that, that God wants us all to have an, a life, an, an abundant life. That, that abundant life where things are going well, and you have to work for that. Yeah. Number two, that that we want to always strive for the for the future, always working for the future. And the last one brings those other two down to earth. It's Proverbs 27, 17. It's in, it's in the Old Testament. It's just a book yeah. of wisdom. It says, as Iron sharpens iron. One person should sharpen another. Mm. And like that brings that. that brings the other two together. Is am I here for just my abundant life and yeah. you know where I can eat and 
build big houses and uh, no no why whose abundant life am I here for what are we what are we stretching forward in the, in, you know in the future for and we're not satisfied 90% it's for you and it's for him and it's for everybody else out here it's for it's for the people we don't know right. and once again going back to you know wearing a mask when I met y'all at the gate you know I've had COVID I've gone through my month of of you know hell on earth I don't want to give it to you guys whether you think it's real or don't you know I do that because of my love for other people and I, and I think that's where we've got to do it so that does that kind of answer some of the questions I, I guess specifically we're going to keep on working on breathing mm-hmm. and getting that out we're going to keep on working on fasting because we talk about you know the dirt and we talk about breathing and that's kind of where everything goes so those, those two are, are really the low-lying fruit for people. I, I'm not going to speak for you but I think the great easy takeaways here are people are going to start doing more activities breathing through the nose yeah. and they're, they're going to conceptualize should I give myself good dirt or bad dirt. And then if they want to know more, go get the book. If you would like to support these endeavors, please visit either of our websites. My company and products for The Caveman are sold through my own, thecavemanscover.com. That's spelled T-H-E-C-A-V-E-M-A-N-S-C-U-P-B-O-A-R-D.com. And all of our wonderful grass-finished Parthenay beef, marbled Wagyu beef, and pastured Berkshire pork products can be found on our farm website, arrowheadbeef.com. All social media can be found on the major platforms, Facebook and Instagram, at The Caveman's Cupboard, and the YouTube channel, The Caveman Channel. And if you get your jollies from our content, please subscribe and follow along. Cheers. Cheers.